Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Uh, I want to talk about holiness, living holy in an unholy world. Living holy in an unholy world. So uh, as we think about dreams and as we think about fulfilling our dreams, I think we have one more series, uh, one more sermon with that. I, I, I believe that the things, some of the things that will disqualify us from fulfilling our dreams is unholiness, <laughs> uh, not living right, not living righteously, not pursuing sanctification. And that will disqualify you from being fulfilling that dream that God has placed inside of your heart. Uh, we don't work for our salvation, but we work out our salvation. And there should be an innate desire to live holy in the sight of God and men and women and boys and girls. Uh, holiness isn't an option for the believer. It is actually a command. Uh, we know from Peter and also Leviticus and different scriptures, it says, be holy for even as I am holy. So we're to live holy because he is holy and our holiness is based on his holiness. Uh, God's love is not condition, but our response to that love is holiness. Our thankfulness for that love is holiness. God is concerned about how we live. Glory to God. He is very much concerned about that. It's not just about Oh, your dreams, you know, we, we're faith people, but your faith could be nullified by your unholiness. And your faith will stop working <laughs> if you're not holy. And holiness isn't dressing up in a certain attire, but it's a lifestyle. Sometimes um, years ago, um, and it might be the same way today, there was a group of people where they used to call them sanctified individuals. And it was because the women didn't wear pants and the men didn't, um, um, didn't have shorts and, and then the, the, the women didn't have makeup. Some of them needed makeup. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, some of them look like Medusa. <laughs> but uh, I'm not trying to be criticize, criticizing them, but I don't think, you know, sometimes they looked at makeup as being um, Jezebel or something. And, but God is a God who makes makeup, right? He, 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 he will give, bless you with, um, what was the name of some of the companies? Safara, Safari, Safara. Yeah. All that good stuff. <laughs> um, but if you're a man, you should be more her makeup unless you're on TV or something, but we won't talk about that right now. Our holiness is rooted in who God is and not just what we do. Glory to God. Um, it affects what we, um, do, but it isn't limited to it. Um, so I want to go and I want us to think through holiness. Uh, we, we need to think through holiness. We need to have God's holiness in our lives. We, we, we need, people need to smell, taste and experience and see how holy God is in our lives and even in our churches. Holiness is what what is what in the righteous is what righteous God made us righteous in Christ and is what God did for us in Christ. But holiness is what we do through the spirit as a response to us being holy. Um, let, let's give you a definition of holiness. Holiness um, is untainted by evil or sin. Uh, saintly. 
regarded with a with or deserving deep respect, um, awe, reverence, dedicated to God in his service. How I many know God wants us to be dedicated to him? We should be set apart for God. Some of us, even though we're saved, we, we have not allowed the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, to set us apart. And we should be different. We should be different. We shouldn't be like the world. I'm not saying that you should be weird. Come on. That's too many weird Christians that I know of. Um, they're just flaky, right? Always saying that the Lord said, God is not always speaking. I, I, when people t- tell me they speak, the God is always speaking to them. <clears throat> I actually stay away from them. God's not speaking that much. Oh, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. And when they start saying the Lord said, I walk away. They're flaky. They hear other voices. God is not speaking that much as some are claiming. Now, on the other hand, you got a group of people that God never speaks to. (laughs) He never says anything. That's a problem, too. It's the same spirit at work. (laughs) One is keeping them in error. One is keeping them from hearing. So it's the same spirit at work. It's just on two extremes. So either I'm not saying that we should go throughout this Christian life without hearing from God, but God is not speaking to us all the time in that way. He is speaking to us through his word. He is using our conscience to speak to us. The Bible says, I'm not going too fast, it's too late. Um, The Bible actually says in Psalms that the integrity of the upright should guide them. So your integrity is God speaking to you about living right. You'll never have to say, well, God, should I do this? No, if it's not part of God's plan as it laid out in the scriptures, you shouldn't do it. In order to live holy, we must comprehend and understand. I don't need the water. Um, We must comprehend and understand what sin is and what sin is not. Sin is disobedience. So if God tells you to go right and you go left, you just sin. Uh, Sin is disobedience. It means missing the mark, falling short of the standard of the law. Sins of omission, something left out. Or sins of commission where a person is aware of what is right but chooses sin anyway. Uh, so why is the world unholy because of sin? The world is unholy because of sin. So we're talking about living holy in an unholy world. We need to be living radically for Jesus. There's a song that came out many years ago. Carmen was his name. He, he had a song called Radically Saved. Um, we need to be radically obedient to God. Every aspect of our lives, we need to carry ourselves in a way that God's mark on our lives can be recognized by the world. So, as you know, some of y'all know, I'm a substitute at, at Perth Amboy High School, has which has been a wonderful adventure. <laughs> I've heard more f bombs than I have in a very long time, <laughs> and, and, and it reminds me of when I was used to work at a like a uh, like a town ta- for the township. And there was a lot of F-bombs there. And then it reminds me of when I used to work at Budweiser a few years ago. A lot of F-bombs there. And, but it, 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 it's magnified in the schools. And so one of the things that um, I, I have three rules in my classroom is um, no profanity, um, no disrespect, and no loudness. And so what I realized is they're so used to using profanity, they just don't realize it. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, mister. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But they do it all the time. And, and as Christians, how I many know we shouldn't be using profanity at all? Because I don't care how mad you get, right. but you, your mouth should be an instrument of righteousness. Right. 
And if you got a problem with profanity, start calling your mouth a mouth of instrument of righteousness, asking God to season your words with grace. You should, we should be speaking grace. Our, our, our words should be seasoned, baked with grace. You know, some of our tongue, some of us are um, double tongued. We have a, a forked tongue. So we say one thing and, 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 and yet we mean something else. But we need to mean what we say and say what we mean and say the word of God. Amen. Speak the truth, but do it with love and with filled with grace. There's a certain way that you can respond to people. But in this school, uh, we, you know, a lot of kids use a profanity. And I tell them, I don't care what your teacher allows or what the other substitute, but I will kick you out of my class and I have no problem with it. And some of them come late. And I said, what, what are you doing late? You, you were supposed to be here at such and such time. Uh, I, I said, what are you doing late? Go, go, to the, go to the office. And so a couple of the guys actually got to security and, and the security pleaded on their case, the intercessor, said, hey, can you please let them in? I said, I'll let him in this time. <laughs> and then one lady, one young lady on Friday, she came to the class and um, she, she was late. I said, why are you late? This is ridiculous. Why are you late to this class? She said, what the F? <laughs> I, I said, excuse you? I said, my, 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 my rule is no, no profanity. Say it one more time, I'm going to kick you out. And guess what? From that, I set, is, how many God has, God has standards? Yeah. And, and because of the standard, I have respect. And then one guy said, there's something different about you. And I told him I was a pastor. He said, oh, that's why. <laughs> no substitute is dressing with suits and nobody has, cares about what we say. Oh, you must be God sent. Are you with me? Holiness. So what about the jokes that we laugh at? What about the gossip that is, we, we hear? You got to resist those things. That's also unholiness when you gossip. All right. Or listen to it, right? Because you're going to get filled up. Go to Romans chapter five real quick. Romans chapter five. We're talking about living holy in an unholy world. And we as believers should be pursuing holiness and not just leaving up to the spirit. I think sometimes Christians tend to believe that, oh, I'm going to have God do it. God has already done what he's going to do. He has already provided everything that we need to be holy in his sight. Are, are you with me? What's the scripture? And Peter says, um, for we, we have what? Um, everything that pertains to life and what? Godliness. So God is concerned about you looking like him. When you cuss, you look like, you hear, you listen, you, 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 you sound like the devil. When you use hateful words, you sound like the devil. And so we, we need to be intentional with our holiness. It needs to be spirit-filled, spirit-led efforts to be holy. You got to put some efforts for it. You got to work. I know Christians don't like to hear the word work, but you got to work. As a Christian, we should be working every day on our holiness, working every day with our time with God, working every day with renewing the mind. We got to work at it. It's not going to happen just because you're saved. Nothing in the kingdom of God is automatic. There has to be some faith activation in our lives. So, some all-purpose pursuit of the holiness of God. And if we want to have our dreams fulfilled, God-given desires, then we got to be holy. That is part of his dream. Our dreams been fulfilled. God is not going to bless you with all these great things 
if you're not living right. You nullify that dream. That dream will be a, a nightmare. You may get it in your own efforts, but if God is not involved, it'll be a nightmare. It'll be based on your effort. And we know that the, the things in the world, they rise and they fall. <laughs> I mean, it may be wonderful today and people may be celebrating, but they'll do one thing wrong and it, they'll cancel you out. The world will cancel you out every single time, but God will approve you and you'll go from glory to glory to glory to glory. It, it, see, God wants to take you to different levels. But your holiness needs to go to a different level as well. So the closer you get to your dream, the more holy you should be. So last year, if you're still dealing with the same habits that you had last year, you're not getting more holy. God wants us to grow. So as we're, you know, as we're prospering, as King James says, our souls should be prospering. Our holiness should be prospering. We should be increasing in our likeness like God. What you call that? That's utterance. Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. Romans five is a, a great, um, gives us an insight into why the world is unholy. And uh, we know from Adam that sin entered into the world. And because of Adam's disobedience, we all became sinners. Verse 12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world, through one man, death through sin. So death spread to all men because of sin. Verse 13, for sin, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one, the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God in the free gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And it goes on, it talks about, we can really um, go into that, but we see where Paul is dealing with sin. Um, verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So we're born into sin and we're shaped in iniquity and we have the sinful nature. Just because we got born again doesn't mean that we still don't have to deal with the sinful nature in our flesh. Yeah, we're dead to sin and yet there is a um, reminder of our flesh. We need to remind our flesh is crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Um, verse 21 says, so then as sin reigned in death, Grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ. So God uses righteousness to bless us and Satan uses our sin for nature to curse us. The world is unholy because of Adam's disobedience. His disobedience affected humanity. The world became corrupt because of the power of sin ruling and reigning and death used that as a channel to reign. And what is death? Death is separation from God. There's three types of deaths in the Bible. There's physical death, there's spiritual death, and there's the second death. And so second death, the second definition of death is separation from God. Separation from God. Also, we got physical death. It's separation from God. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be separated from God. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one through six talks about how Satan is the God of this world. 
So he's ruling and reigning through sin. God rules and reigns through righteousness. Satan rules and reigns through sin. So when you and I commit sin, Satan has a foothold. When we yield to the righteousness that we are in Christ Jesus and live out the fruit of righteousness, then God is able to bless us. Amen. Um, Let me just say this. You'll never be more righteous than you are right now. Righteousness was imputed to you because of Jesus. Say, I'm righteous. righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And so when God deals with you, he doesn't deal with you based on your righteousness, but the righteousness that is in Christ Jesus. And what is righteousness? It is right standing with God. It is having the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt or condemnation. It has that God deals with us based just like he deals with Jesus. God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. That God deals with us not based on our righteousness, but based on the finished work of the cross. So when we got born again, uh, we, we switched drivers. And, and the first time we, we, we were born into the world, Adam was the driver and God pulled him over. And because of Adam's transgression, we all became sinners. And so we're associated with sin because of Adam's sin. And when we got born again, Jesus became our driver. And so when God sees, pulls us over, he sees Jesus and his works. The works are applied to our lives as if we did it. And so, you know, if, if I committed a sin um, and I, I broke a crime and I came by your house and picked you up in my car and we get pulled over. Guess who's going to jail? Everybody in the car. But guess what? When I got born again, Jesus, I'm associated with Jesus. And so when God deals with me, he deals with me based on what Jesus has done. It's just like the glove. Let me give you another illustration. Another way of saying this, it's like the glove. I mean, as a kid, I remember Michael Jackson had this glove. I wanted a glove. They used to have Michael Jackson dolls, um, and I I wanted a Michael Jackson doll because of the little glove. And so as you saw the glove, you didn't see his hand. The glove represents Christ. So when God sees us, he sees us through the glove who is Christ. The Bible says in Philippians chapter three, verse nine, being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, but the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So God sees us when he sees us. He sees the finished work of Jesus. I know I'm saying a lot, but come on, catch it with me. Come on, come with me. Come up a little higher. You're too fast. You're too fast. You're quick. You're sharp. You're smart. You're bright. You learn things 10 times quicker than the average person. And you got to believe that you can learn it and can hear it as quickly. What about the people on the screen? Come up, up a little higher. God sees us through Jesus. And because we are righteous, our response to he has made us righteous is our holiness unto him. Glory to God. So Satan is the God of this world. He's ruling and reigning through sin. And when we sin, we break fellowship with God, the father and God, the son. What are some of the things that are in the world? Glad you asked. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. There are a group of people that believe that because of the righteousness of God, they don't have to do anything. But I'm here to tell you, you need some spirit-filled, some spirit-led efforts in pursuing your holiness. Don't let there be a hole in your holiness. <laughs> you you got to be holy. <laughs> God is concerned about those thoughts. He's concerned about those words. And he's concerned about those lifestyles. He's concerned about what you're looking at. He's concerned about what you're hearing. He's concerned about what you let fly. 
God is concerned about how holy we are. That's wonderful news to me. I, by the way, I, it never disturbs me to have a baby screaming because that speaks life. Glory to God. Second, um, first John chapter two, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world <laughs> or the things of the world in the world. Sometimes people have associated things in the world, such as the iPad or, or you know, inventions. And they'll look at those things as being the worldly things, right? <laughs> I, I don't think God is mad because I have an iPad. It's worldly. The mic is worldly. <laughs> the building is worldly if you want to do that. But what he's talking about, the things that are in the world, let's find out. It says, uh, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So that doesn't mean not to love the people in the world. We're, we're called to love the people in the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So God is after the world. God plant, placed a, a, a pastor, spirit-filled, word of faith, tongue-talking, devil-stumping pastor in Perth and boy. And wherever you work at, God puts you in the midst of sinners. <laughs> Glory to God, we're salt in the world. And as I was praying, I got 4,000 steps the other day as I was walking around looking at people, kids work, and I was walking around praying in tongues under my breath, and I just heard you praying out their future. <laughs> what a wonderful opportunity. You all right? You need help? <laughs> Sir, do you know statistics? Absolutely not. <laughs> Thank God for you too. <laughs> and just walk around and whatnot. Um, how many know that God loves to put his people in the midst of a perverse generation to show the way, to be the standard? Um, the Bible says, I look for a man <laughs> to stand in the gap. And when you and I do our job unto the Lord, we are standing in the gap. We, the world needs a reference point of who Christ is. The world needs us. We're the light of the world. I used to get mad at that as a kid, going reading the scriptures. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. No, 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 Jesus, you're the light of the world. Religion will teach us that Jesus is only the light of the world. But Jesus turns around and says, you are the light of the world. Say, I am the light of the world. When you got born again, you became part of the light, the kingdom of light. You're no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. So everything about you should be light. Walk in the light as he's the light. First John chapter one. Come on, let's be the light. Let, you don't cur you, we don't go in and curse the darkness. It don't make things better. Like, let me go on, talk about all the things that's horrible in the world. No, let me come and show the way. <laughs> they used to call Christians in the earlier days, um, the way. <laughs> You're in the way. <laughs> let's get in the way of them falling, going to hell. <laughs> Do you understand that God will take us out of uncomfortable lives and give us our dream, put a dream in our hearts to put us in the midst of a group of people who are on their way to hell? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm looking for every opportunity to preach. I know you can't stay in religion. I look for opportunity and I be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, looking for opportunity to speak the word of God. Amen. And you and I can do this. We can win people on purpose, unintentional. God is willing to make us laborers. He's seeking laborers. That's not enough. Christians are like, oh, I just want my dreams. I want my faith. I want my healing. I want my, I want my, my, my boo, my Boaz. I want all this stuff. And God says, well, do you want the souls? I give you those things. If you seek first the kingdom, kingdom is all about people. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. So first John tells us what's in the world. It says for all that's in the world, verse 16, it says it's for all that's in the world is the desires of the flesh or the lust of the flesh, the desires of the eyes or the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It's not from the father, but it's from the world. And we know that the world is passing away along with its desires or lusts. And whatever, what whoever does the will of God abides forever. <laughs> well, what's in the world? The lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Your flesh is a mess. You can't trust it as far as you can throw it. You cannot throw your flesh. <laughs> it's a mess. You cannot trust your flesh. I don't care how long you've been in the way, <laughs> you still got some flesh. You still got to crucify it and remind it that it's not king. I, I, I broke, I, I yielded to the flesh last night. Uh, I, I almost never eat um, on Saturday night. And I, and, and, and I was looking at um, Bishop Carlton Pierce's um, funeral, and I was just like, I got to get a, a bagel with some butter in it and, and drink some eggnog. That is carbs. That's horrible. <laughs> and I'm about to go to bed. <laughs> I wonder why they did that. <laughs> I mean, it was horrible. I yielded to the flesh. <laughs> And then this morning, because Miss Sister Jackie petitioned her, her pastor said, I want some brownies. So I made some brownies five o'clock in the morning. Courtney thought I was making breakfast for the whole family. I said, no, there's brownies for Miss Jackie. And, and, and so I made her little brownies, made Jess some brownies. She's going away, uh, made Landon some brownies, and that's all I made today. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, um, I, I, I cut a little piece that was on the side, and I, and I was like, you know, I don't eat before I preach. And um, I was like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and yield to the flesh. And I had like three pieces of brownies. I never eat before I preach. Never eat before I preach. I just yielded to the devil. <laughs> yeah, well, yielded to the flesh, I should say. Just yielded. Like, oh, these brownies are so good. Then I want to pray in tongues on the way to work. I mean, I mean, <laughs> my real job, right? <laughs> Glory to God. The lust of the flesh. You can't trust your flesh. I don't care. You may not have the same issues as other people, but you're tempted based on your, 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 your innate desires, your innate flesh. Uh, you may not have a problem with stealing, but you may have a problem with lying. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you, it doesn't mean that you're not saved because you're tempted. The temptation is yielding, but to be tempted is, is to be human. Jesus was tempted. So temptation doesn't mean that you, are, you, you have sin. You know, um, somebody was talking to me the other day, one kid, and I, I just had the temptation, I just want to hit him. I said, oh, Lord, the, the gangster. Oh, God, the mafia's coming back, BMF. Oh, Lord, I'm going to jail. I'm going to pop these kids so bad, I'll beat them, videotape them, and take them back to their mama and daddy and eat popcorn with them. <laughs> I, I mean, i just like, oh, Jesus, uh, sir, you better sit down. Yes, my mystery, oh, you think you're slick. I was once a teenager, too. <laughs> I, I, I can help you out. And I told him, I said, I could be your best friend or your worst enemy. It's up to choice is yours. I could be your biggest support. I could be the one, the hell that you all fear. I am Joe Jackson on steroids. <laughs> Who is Joe Jackson? <laughs> it's a new generation. <laughs> Who is Joe Jackson? Did you see Lean on me? Do you know Michael Jackson's father? I can be the worst. Thank God I'm saved. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk you through this. Amen. As you can tell, I'm enjoying it. 
I said, why am I doing this again? Because <laughs> oh, you want to save some souls. <laughs> I, I, I was supposed to learn Spanish years ago. What a perfect setup it would have been. The Lord told me years ago, over 13, 14, 15, 20 years ago, to learn Spanish. Got a bilingual Bible and everything. It just sat there and collected dust. I disobeyed. If I would have obeyed and learned Spanish, it would have been a perfect setup. But I still thank God for grace. I can learn it now. I'm using my faith. So I, I am anointed. Learning languages is my sweet spot. My mind is anointed to learn languages. I'm trying to master English. <laughs> I'm anointed to learn languages. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. So the next one is the lust of the eyes. You got to make a covenant with your eyes. Say, I will not look at certain things. I will not. I make a covenant. And my wife is the only person that I look at in that way. Come on. Uh, you know, that's not being holy. What? What? Are you human? <laughs> uh, I, I got to keep my eyes on the prize. Especially as a teacher, you see young ladies, you're like, oh, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Where are the church mothers at in this high school? <laughs> cover that butt. Cover her up. Jesus. Are you, are you with me? Yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the pride of life. Pride in possessions. Um, even me setting, setting the standard in, a, in the high school, I got a, the way I did it. The Lord convicted me because I was hard on some students. I said, I will kick you out. I don't care about this job. This job needs me more than I need it. I said it and the Lord said, why would you say that? <laughs> I got convicted. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't have to apologize to them, but I got to, you know, repent. So the next class, I was sophomore. I was like, you know, I, I really can help you. And then just, they just opened up. And the last day before Thanksgiving, I played Uno with them. I was teaching the calculus class. I said, if anybody comes in here, this is part of your calculus class. And we play Uno. He's like, we never had a teacher play Uno with us. I said, oh, man, I'll get them. Get them born again. All right, let's talk about it real quick. Why is sin so dangerous? Let's go to Proverbs 27, verse 20. Proverbs 27, verse 20. Proverbs 27, verse 20. We're talking about living holy in an unholy world. We need to be so holy, um, just like Jesus, just like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called Holy Spirit. So he wants to teach us and guide us into all truth, and he wants to make us holy. We don't have an unholy ghost. We have a Holy Ghost, a Holy Spirit, and he's been sent to make us holy. Amen. How do you know you're really full of the spirit? Because you're just like Jesus. You look like Jesus. You think like him. You talk like him. You act like him. You got faith like him. You love people like him. Come on. Holy. Ha, ha, I'm ruining God. Because you pray eight hours. Oh, no, no, no. Those eight hours are to be conformed to action. After the amen should be life of obedience. Everybody talking about, yes, oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. But let the yes be every part of your life, every single day. The will of God should not be just, oh, I dedicate myself to the will of God. Every day you say that, you give, God gives you an opportunity to have that in, fleshed out in your life. The yes is not what you just say. Otherwise, you'll be, you'll draw near with your words and you depart with your life. We cannot deny him with our deeds. We got to produce some good works. 
Uh, the Bible says in Matthew, let your light so shine before the world that the world will see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. I want to produce so much works. I want to be the hardest working Christian in the world. I'm not working for my salvation. I'm working out my salvation. I'm producing good works so I can get a great reward. God is going to reward or not reward, reward us, not based on Jesus, but based on what we did with him. Jesus, the teacher, Jesus, the engineer, Jesus, the mechanic, Jesus, the janitor, Jesus, the mother, Jesus, the father is, wants to live his life through you. What would you do with the Jesus that's inside of you? What's the grace? The grace of Jesus. We all don't have the fullness of the spirit. The Bible says Jesus was, he had the spirit without measure. You and I got the spirit with measure. The grace that's in your life, that's the Jesus. That's the ministry of Jesus in your life. Everybody's not called behind the pulpit. But what are you called to? You call to the medical field, call to the entertainment field. God wants his people in every area, but he doesn't just want them to be in their grace. He wants them to be full of grace, full of his spirit and holy and set apart. We got to be set apart for God. I pray for my boys and I lay hands on them at night when they sleep. I said, Lord, mark them. Oh, mark them, Lord. I pray that they'll never know the world. May the world not have one minute with them, Lord. In Jesus name, mark them, set them apart. Let that anointing be on them that when snakes come around, they slide off of their lives. Glory to God. Come on. You got to mark your kids for God. You got to draw a line spiritually. Say, I will draw a line and the world will never have them. They'll never know a hospital outside of their wives having babies and them visiting and ministering. They'll never know homosexuality. They'll never know fornication. They'll never know having, having a kid without covenant in Jesus' name. They'll never know drug. Come on. You should pray those big prayers. You should use your faith on your kids. And if you're not born, if you're not married, and you don't have any kids, you begin to pray for them. Pray. I prayed for my kids when I was six years old. <laughs> begin to mark them with your prayers. Call out to God for your grandkids. I, that my great-great-grandkids, I pray for them. I'll never see them on this side of heaven. Why? Because I, I didn't get married at a young age. <laughs> I got married in my 30s. That's too, you know, by the time you do, and they have kids six years after, you know, I want to be dead in 70 years. <laughs> so I can't, you know what I'm saying? But you pray for the unborn. God is after the unborn. And I pray for their holiness. Glory to God. I just gave you all my information. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20. What do you pray for me, PD? I pray for your holiness. I pray that you will be holy just like God is holy. Proverbs 27. Um, verse 20, it says, Shalom and uh, Abaddon are never satisfied. Are never satisfied are the eyes of man. Sin is never satisfied. Sin will never be satisfied. The Bible says in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death. Listen, you may not get caught in doing wrong right now, but payday is coming. Payday is coming. Both here and in a life to come, payday is coming. You keep doing the wrong things in the dark. You think nobody sees you, but God sees all things. He got a big eye. His eye searched throughout the world. He sees your heart, your motives, your mind, your thoughts, your actions. He knows exactly what you do. He knows what's in your DMs. <laughs> he knows what's on your Snapchat. He knows what's on your Twitter or the X, whatever they call it. He knows what's in the messenger. He knows what's the text, the hidden pages. He knows it all. 
He sees it all. He sees the secret conversations. He hears it. He hears your thoughts. Oh, there's a payday coming. Oh, you keep sinning, keep sinning, sowing to the flesh. It's going to show up. It's going to show up. It not, might not show up tomorrow. May not show up next week, next year, and even next five years. But it eventually show up. The wages, the wages, the payments. I mean, minimum wage. The wages, that's how God showed it to me. The, min, the payment of sin is death. And death will come to your house because you gave it a highway to. That sinning gives the enemy a highway into your life. And the Bible says in Ephesians, give no place to the devil. <laughs> give no place to him. Darkness will eventually take over you. Adultery would take over you quickly. There was a pastor. Uh, he was committing adultery over years. And one day he got behind the pulpit and lost his mind. And his wife had to walk him out. Sometimes things are not revealed until after you're dead. We, we, we hear about businessmen and pastors and ministers and all this stuff coming out after they've gone. What legacy now destroyed? One moment, one moment of, of yielding to sin over periods of time can change your legacy. I want my legacy to be godly. I, my mom lived a holy life set apart for God. And I got a standard to refer to. I got a standard to say, this is the way you do it. This is the pattern. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. It's, uh, sin is a destroyer. It will produce death. It, it, and above all, it offends God. Sin is a serious thing in the sight of God. Sin took Jesus to the cross. So why should we be entertained by the very thing that sent Jesus to the cross? Talking to myself. It isn't just because how we feel but it's breaking the laws of God. It's sinning against the Holy One of Israel. This is why we should strive for holy living. The, the sins we commit will become the master that we yield to. John chapter 8, real quick as I close. John chapter 8. Living holy in an unholy world. The world is not pursuing holiness. The world is getting further and further and further and further away from the things of God. Um, recently, um, there's a rapper by the name of Little Nas. He, he, he's connecting um, Christian like ideologies with his sinful life. Um, they are mocking Christianity. John chapter 8, let's look at verse 31 and 38. 31 verse, then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Um, the word abide means to, 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 to dwell. It means to live. It means to stay in a place, of, a posture where you're living there. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You're not a disciple because you said a prayer. You're a disciple if you're abiding in the word. You're not a disciple if you pray. Because there's people praying all the time. You might be saying the right prayers, but it's that word that's going to keep you. It's that word that that prayer will have what it needs to conform you to like Jesus. It says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not the truth that you know. It's the truth that you live that will set you free. Let's go on to the next one, 33. And they answer him, we are offsprings of Abraham, have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, in other words, pay close attention to what I'm about to say. I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the sin and the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So if you commit to sin, you commit and practice sin, you become a slave to it. Whatever sin you yield to, that's the sin that you'll become a slave to. Yeah. You're going to serve somebody, as Bob Dylan used to say back in the day when he, he, he had some kind of experience with Christ. He wrote a song called, you got to serve somebody. It may be the Lord, it may be the devil. You got to serve somebody. You should look up the song one day. My dad played it for me. Uh, Bob Dylan, he, he was, he's an artist, right? Him and Obama, I think, wrote a book. No, it was Bruce, Bruce Springsteen wrote a book with Obama. Obama, sorry, <laughs> Bahama, Bahama Breeze, <laughs> the, 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 the um, beef patty, oh, sorry, uh, the wings, <laughs> oh, glory to God, we know where your mind is, Pastor. <laughs> if you commit sin, if you practice sin, you become slave to it, whatever sin it is, the sin of cussing, the sin of smoking, the sin of fornicating, the sin of yielding to the flesh, the sin of uh, all kinds of sin. There's so many sins. There's no, don't, don't, uh, don't equate sin to being sexual only. There's a whole lot more sins than sex. <laughs> There's a lot of Christians sinning. <laughs> they sin with their, what they sin on their income tax. Uh, they sin, and this, I'm guilty. I'm going to confess my sin. Um, I, they sneak in food into the movie theater. Oh, God, I don't want to pay no $8 for those no chips. <laughs> Come on, you're going to put that in your bag? You're going to put that in the bag? Woo! Thank you, Lord. Jesus is Lord. I, I, I've, been into, I've been in the movies and had Chick-fil-A. I had Chick-fil-A. I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> sinning. Sinning Christians. <laughs> it, it, there's, 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 there, they have the they, they have the rules. Don't bring in outside food. <laughs> oh, now, now you're responsible. <laughs> you you should have stayed home. This was not the day to come to church. <laughs> I, <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> holiness. Holiness. <laughs> holiness. Holiness. Uh, God wants to be holy in every area. Every area, the way we respond to our kids, the way we respond to our spouses, the way we respond to our bosses. He wants to be Lord and, and wants us to be holy in every aspect. Whether or not we pick up the, the dog poo-poo in somebody else's yard or leave it there. Holiness. He wants to, us to be holy in every aspect of our lives. He wants us to be holy on our pages. All right. Oh, this is my Facebook or my social media. It's the Lord if you belong to him. <laughs> so he, he deserves the tweet. He deserves the, what you, you need to be mindful of the people that's reading those things. Somebody got offended recently. Actually, it was an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> uh, she got offended recently because I posted about praying for Bishop Carlton Pearson's um, 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 family. And she's like, we, now let's not get it twisted. And she, I mean, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but she just kind of like, she came after me. And I was like, huh? I, my flesh was like, can I get him? Can I get him? And my wife's like, oh, I was about to go get her. I said, calm down. <laughs> I said, calm down. <laughs> and, and I was like, listen, I, I'm, 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 I'm praying. I don't have to agree with his doctrine. When I was there, he believed that Jesus was the only way. He believes that in the heaven or hell. But he denied that later on. I mean, so he was my pastor for two years. 
And I went there because of the music. <laughs> I did. It was the best music in the, on church. I, was, I went there. The word was okay, you know. But the music that drew me, I was like, Lord, I'm getting, I'm getting the word Monday through Friday. On Sunday, I'll get the worship. Because <laughs> at, at, at Rhema, the worship was like, la, 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 give thanks. And then um, Carlton Pearson was, you know, higher dimensions. <laughs> Glory to God. Welcome into this place. All this. I, was, oh, I ain't going back there. I ain't going to Egypt. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to do the charismatic thing. You know, like, oh, I can't even do it right. This is like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I need to be diversity. And plus, Carmen was there, you know. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm sorry. Well, she came after me. <laughs> and I responded, and then I took it back. And then I eventually, um, I, I blocked it, a private, and then I ended up blocking her. I said, you know what? I got to be mindful. I got, my, my response, is it sinful? Glory to God. Um, sin will, you commit to sin, you yield to it. Romans 6 says, we are either servants of righteousness or servants of sin. Um, if you're struggling, you got a sin problem, a flesh problem, just call yourself my members. It talks about members in Romans 6. My members are instruments of righteousness. My members, my mind serves righteousness. My mouth serves righteousness. My members serve righteousness. Come on. I call myself righteous. I call myself a man or a woman of God. I call my mouth holy. I call my mind holy. I call my lifestyle holy. I thank you that I'm marked by God. If you start praying like that, God will break that thing over your life. It doesn't matter how long you've been in that thing. Oh, the blood of Jesus is power, more powerful than that power of sin. Sin has been broken. The power of sin has been broken when he got up from the grave. And so we can walk in freedom. We can be holy. We can be right, not, not cocky. We can be holy. We can serve him with a clean conscience. Go to bed. I ain't got no, nothing in my closet. Oh, God, I can sleep at night. Oh, and then somebody bring up your past. Uh, um, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. That's old. That's passed away. What you talking about? I got the newness. I walk in the newness of life. And if you said yesterday, the blood of Jesus is available. If you'll confess it, he'll forgive you and clean you up and act like you never did it. And bless you like you never did it. Did you hear me? He'll bless you like you never sinned. He'll bless you because of Jesus. He'll bless you. Like you never said. Glory to God. Glory to God. Y'all got me preaching up in here. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Uh, for time's sake, uh, got to go to this last scripture, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, his own lust. We, we are tempted based on what's working in us. Everybody's temptation is different. Don't ever judge somebody else based on their temptation. You don't know what they're going through in their shoes. You've never been in their shoes. So whatever, whatever's inside of you, that's the thing that the devil will use to tempt you. Okay. Um, and it says everyone, when he's tempted, he's lured and enticed by his own desire, his own lust. Verse 15. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. So lust, the desire, the strong passion, the strong desire will eventually produce sin. 
If you think about it long enough, <laughs> you're going to end up doing it. As the mind goes, so does the body. As a man thinketh in his, in his heart, so is he. So your mind, your mind got to get right. You know, what, what, what are you thinking about? Where's your mind? If your mind is there, you keep playing with, if you keep allowing the enemy to play with you in your mind, then he's eventually going to get you. It starts with the mind, with the thoughts. Let me, let me give you an action. Um, your thoughts will produce, your thoughts will produce desires. Your desires will produce action. Your actions will produce habits. Your habits will produce destination. It starts with your mind. Where your mind at? Whatever your mind is, you'll eventually line up and your body will go. It says when sin or lust, when lust is finished, it brings, it, 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 he, he's giving it like somebody's giving birth. L the lust will begin to shape you, begin to take over your mind, take over your heart and your life. And, and it brings forth sin. Sin is what? Separation from God. Um, sin is disobedience to God, excuse me. And then when sin gets finished, when sin is fully grown, <laughs> that means it, it's not like a one-time thing. It's ongoing. It's, it's a habit. It's a lifestyle. When sin is full grown, it's going to produce death. Death in your marriage, death in your singleness, death in your money, death in your, your, your health. When sin gets finished, it's going to destroy you. Glory to God. So. The word of the Lord is to you. You want me to prophesy, I'm going to prophesy. It's to kill the source. Kill it before it kills you. Kill the source of whatever will cause you to sin and offend the Lord. Kill it. Crucify it. Call it. I call you dead. I'm dead to you in Jesus' name. I'm dead to you. Cigarettes. I call you dead. I, I don't have a desire for cigarettes anymore. Uh, is that a sin? You're destroying the temple. Uh, oh, okay. What, what about overeating, gluttony? I call you dead. <laughs> All right. Uh, drunkenness. I call you dead in Jesus' name. Um, we got to rely on the cross for our strength. Trust the Holy Spirit to empower us. He will help you live holy. He wants you to live holy more than you want to live holy. He'll remove the desire. He'll take it out from you. Right, next thing you know, you'll wake up. Well, I don't desire this anymore. Amen. He'll remove it. Um, you need to set up some type of accountability and boundaries. Don't trust yourself. You trust yourself, you're going to wreck yourself. <laughs> Don't trust yourself. You can't trust yourself. Huh, I, I, I'm a man of God. Okay. <laughs> um, you can't trust yourself. I'm a woman of God. Don't trust yourself. The next one is watch out who you hang out with. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, bad company corrupts good behavior. So who you hang out with? Proverbs 13, 20 says this. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Right. So who do you, who are you hanging out with? You hang around with the believers who, who are in sin. Then you yourself will conform to it. Yeah. You'll become like the people you hang out with the most. Yeah. And let, let's, let's, let's take it more, more intimate than just friends. What are you hanging out with on social media? Hanging out with on your entertainment, hanging out with your music. What, who are you hanging out with? Who has your mind? Who has your ear? 
1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, for every temptation, he's made a way of escape. So um, normally we would have an exit sign right there. And so when you're tempted, look for the exit sign. God will always, he's so faithful that no matter what you're facing as, as it relates to temptation, there's an exit sign to run to. Run from the temptation. Do not think that you're so strong that you won't yield. It'll be like SWV. You get weak to your knees. You got to run from it. One time I was working at Red Lobster. I was at Bible College, and, and um, a young lady told me to, um, to come by her house, and I did. And she says, come inside. And I ran. I took off running. Never saw her again, but in class. Like, hey, the Lord is my shepherd. He's a keeper. How many of the Lord keep you? If you want to be kept, um, um, I, I took the kids skating the other day, which is gospel skate ring thing. So we were skating and they just like, oh, daddy, got my nephew, my niece is like, come on, we want you to skate. I said, okay, I'll skate. And um, I was skating and I was thinking I was like a teenager again. I was like, ah, I said, okay. So out of my mouth, my niece was laughing at me. I started quoting, he's able to keep me from falling. And then Declan was like, daddy, would that work for me too? So I said, yeah, he's going to keep you and keep me. Do you know we didn't fall? Amen. That's something naturally. I quoted that scripture all the time. He's able to keep me falling. I think you're a keeper. You're a keeper, Lord. I was, I was serious. They were blasting the gospel music and they were like dancing. They were going backwards and stuff. I said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he's a keeper. He's a keeper. And then purposely, I kept quote, quoting that scripture and the Lord kept us. How much more when it deals with sin? He'll keep you if you want to be kept. No matter what you're tempted with, he'll keep you. He'll call on him. He'll save you from that temptation. And he's not only saving your soul, he'll save you from that temptation. Glory to God. Glory to God. So you, you got to always look for the exit sign when you're facing temptation. You got to renew your mind. Reset your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Then you got to read, study. Meditate the scriptures. Let me leave you with the scripture. Psalm 119 says 9 through 11. David says, I've hid your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. If you put your word, the word of God in your heart, that word will keep you. The word is more powerful than you believe it to be. It is a keeper. It will keep you. Hide that word in your heart. In the time of temptation, he'll bring it to your remembrance. And you can speak it and overcome. How do you know, Pastor Dwayne? Matthew 4 shows us, the master shows us how to overcome temptation. Oh, he was 100% man and 100% God. And as he walked the earth, he didn't walk as God. He walked as a man, anointed by the spirit of God. And so as he was walking, he, the devil's tempting him. And he began to say, the Lord, uh, it is written. It is written. He, I believe in binding. I believe in rebuking. Jesus used the word to overcome temptation. You remind yourself what the word says. No, no, we ain't doing that. Ain't going down like that. I was in uh, uh, um, Budweiser, this young lady. Um, you know, naturally, I think um, I used to be a really nice person. This is really, really nice. I used to be really, really nice. And so she's like, hey, Dwayne, can you help me with this? And so I helped her. I said, like, hey, Dwayne, can you help me again? I helped her again. Some of y'all heard the story. So um, I helped her a couple of times. And then, of course, I went to lunch break. 
And my Muslim friend, um, my angel, she, she was actually my angel um, that helped me, save me from many, many, many um, times of getting in trouble. Like sometimes I would um, release the beer and the wrong top on, on top of it. I wasn't, I wasn't graced to work there. And I was like making stupid mistakes. She's like, Dwayne, you about to get fired. And so, so we dumped all this beer. She's like, come over here. I mean, just time and time again, she would help me. She saved me. She said, boy, Jesus loves you and I believe in Allah. <laughs> True story. And so she said, yo, that girl likes you. She wants to be with you. She asked me if you were willing to commit adultery. And I told her, I said, oh, no, he loves Jesus too much. And um, he loves his wife too much. And number three, she'll burn this place down. She had never met Courtney, but she said those three things. And so she saw, the girl who liked me saw me and my friend talking, and we were cutting up. And next thing my friend knows is on her car was, was a scratch. She said, oh, she thinks we like each other. Oh, God. <laughs> and then she's like, yo, she put some voodoo on us. I said, what? I said, I don't believe in that. Anyway, so I was, sitting, I was standing on something. I was trying to do something at the job. She gets in a forklift and comes after me. And, and the, my friend's like, Dwayne, move. I said, huh? She said, move. And I ran it. Bam, she just missed me. I said, oh, good God, fatal attraction. <laughs> this is crazy. Yo, like, really? Really? <laughs> like, long story short, the Lord delivered me from the strange woman. Amen. That's a prayer you should pray. Proverbs 7, Lord, deliver me from strange women and men. Lord, come on, pray this prayer. Say, Lord, Lord deliver, me deliver me from unreasonable wicked men. Strange women and strange men. That prayer is going to be answered quicker than you get out here. Amen. He's going to prompt you, delete them, block them. Glory to God. I want to encourage you as we pursue our dreams, live holy in an unholy world. Be a, set apart for God. So join me standing. If you're here, you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life. I want to give you an opportunity. Every eye closed, every head bow. Say, that's me, Pastor Dwayne. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to give myself to the one who died in my place. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. Hell is just as real as heaven. To denounce hell is to denounce God. If you're here and you said, that's me, Pastor Dwayne, I want to miss hell and I want to go to heaven. I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. I want to I receive Christ. Is there anyone here who want to rededicate or reaffirm your faith and say, I want to come back to Jesus? I've been living foul, Pastor. That doesn't necessarily mean sexual only. But I haven't been living right. I've denied him with my words and my lifestyle. I want to make it right. And the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is more willing to cleanse you, give you a shower of his righteousness. Shower with his blood so you can be right back in right standing. Fellowship was broken through your sin and wants to be restored now through confession. If you're here and you say, I want to rededicate, recommit my life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand. 
Is there anyone here? And my third invitation is, as you say, Pastor Noe, I, I, I can't speak in tongues, but I want to receive the wonderful baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to pray out the plan of God, pray out the will of God for others as well. Is there one here who said, I cannot speak in tongues, but I want to receive this wonderful gift. I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hands. So that's me. I want the Holy Ghost to give me my prayer language. Is there one? Is there one? Let's say this prayer is together by faith. Someone's watching online. We're going to believe God that someone's going to contact the ministry and receive Christ. If you want to receive Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. There's no magic in the prayers, but only faith in God. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised Christ from the dead. So, Father, I receive Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now, fill me with your spirit. Give me my prayer language. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you into the family of God. Glory to God. And if you rededicate your life, come on back, brother and sister. Home is waiting for you. Amen. Amen. Let me just pray a simple prayer over you. Father, I thank you for these, your people. Go ahead and lift up your hands. Father, I thank you. Make us holy. Oh, Father, make us holy. Oh, Lord, I, I, we want to be holy. Just express to the Lord how holy you want to be. Say, Lord, I want to be holy like you are. Oh, God, make me holy. Set me apart. Oh, set my mind. Set my mouth. Set my lifestyle. God, I, I, I pray that people will smell your holiness on my life. When I walk into the room, it's like God walking in because he is. Oh, God, be big in our lives. Oh, throw, throw your holiness on us. Throw your holiness on our name. Ah, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus where there, our name has been bad. Uh, we've had bad reputation. I pray that you'll throw your holiness on our name. Smear your holiness on our name. Oh, I just got that. Smear your holiness on our name and even on our, 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 our lifestyle and on our credit report. Come on. Throw your holiness, people who are worthy of an 850, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, throw your holiness on every aspect of our lives. You're concerned about our credit report. You're concerned about our bills, our debt. You're concerned about our report at the school, at the high school, at the elementary school, at the middle school. You're concerned about our job. Oh, God, we want to be known as holy, holy men, holy men and holy women. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray like you mean it. Call out to the Lord. Lord, give, make us holy. Make our church holy. Set us apart in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we want to be holy. We want to be holy men and women. We want to raise our kids in holiness, not tradition, not legalism, but in holiness. Oh, God, I thank you, Father. I thank you. Even our pets will be holy, God. Everything about us will be holy, God, in the name. Set us apart for your glory. Oh, God, we want to we won't be holy for you. For your glory, we just want to say thank you with our holiness. We, we want to say thank you with our holiness, God. As a response of what Christ has done for us, we say thank you by being holy. It is our, it is our reasonable service. Oh, to present our bodies as a, it's our reasonable service. Did you hear me? Our reasonable service. It's the least we can do. Oh, God, thank you, Father. It's the least we can do. 
Oh, Lord, deliver us from lying tongues. Deliver us from uh, uh, faulty ideologies. Uh, that, that thinking that we're right and, and, and righteous. God, deliver us from self-righteousness in the name of Jesus. True holiness. True holiness, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, make us the standard. Make us the standard, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, those who are, who've been late on your job, Oh, God, it, it, it's an indictment against our holiness. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us in the name of Jesus. Turning in assignments late is an indictment to the holiness of God in our lives. Oh, you mean to tell me that God is concerned about those little things? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. Spiritual pride. It's sinful. God judges quicker on spiritual pride, spiritual sins than physical sins. Father, we repent for being prideful. We repent, God, any area in our lives. I, I, want, you to, I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to bring his light in areas that, that, that we, we don't, we're not even aware that we're sinning in. So, Lord, say, Lord Jesus, by your spirit, reveal to me where I've missed it, where I'm not been in obedience in Jesus' name, where I need more holiness in. in the reveal to me in Jesus' name and give me the strength to receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So God will show you where you're missing it and give you the strength to take it. Because when he gives you or gives you insight in an area where you are sinning, it can literally take you out of the prayer closet. But he'll give you the strength to take it and the strength and the grace, the empowerment to overcome it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.